Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Okay, Dave, so what are we talking about today? Recently, we noticed that when we read about how Jesus interacts with people, we see lots and lots and lots of questions. We see him answering questions with other questions, lots of questions. So, okay, well, obviously there was something something to this. What can we learn from Jesus? You know, part of being a disciple, being a student, and helping other people is, you know, learning to do what Jesus did. Yeah. And to frame this into something that we can will help us in the present time, the people listening might be aware that recently a popular Christian singer, uh, Lauren Daigle, you know, she's been receiving a lot of popularity. Her, her song, I think it's called You Say, has gotten really popular, and she actually performed on Jimmy Fallon and The Ellen Show. As you can imagine, The Ellen Show isn't a place where just everybody played on Christian radio gets to come. It's like, oh, wow, this is really unique, uh, especially since the host is a, you know, a no, an openly homosexual person. You know, she, I think she got a certain amount of criticism just for that, but what, she, what really she got criticism for is afterwards, I think uh, iHeartRadio was interviewing her, and they asked her, you know, do you think homosexuality is a sin? And she said something to the you know, the effect of, well, I'm not God. I don't know that. Um, I have a lot of homosexual friends that I love. And so she basically kind of pleaded, you know, ignorance. And probably a lot of us, listen, a lot of you listening and myself would go, well, I think the Bible does have some pretty clear, you know, guidance on that, but all the same. So as you can imagine, she's got blasted pretty well. Well, thank you for hanging in with this background story. I think this is a great opportunity for us as as Jesus followers to look at how how was Jesus in, when when he was on earth? How was he blasted with these hot button questions? these hard questions by a range of different types of people with different types of motives. Uh, these questions, which, you know, they are very loaded. Uh, they carried a lot of weight. People felt very strongly about the answers. So we're going to look at a few places tonight and just see how Jesus uh, answered questions, uh, how he handled things. Uh, we know Jesus never shied away from saying anything hard. He never said to himself, well, well, golly, if I can just, you know, avoid giving these hard answers, maybe I can get me a following. No, he, <laughs> he never shied away from it, but he also had a wisdom. So that's what we're going to look at tonight. Yeah, sounds good. What's the first passage you're thinking about? Okay, so Matthew 15. We're going to look at Matthew 15. I'm, I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to kind of just lead through the sequence of events. So some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus and they said, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? 
They don't wash their hands before they eat. And Jesus, I mean, immediately, why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For you say, you said, you know, you can honor your, God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses them is to be put to death. But you're like, well, if you can instead um, take the money that would have been devoted to help your mom and dad, and you can devote it to God, quote unquote, and you don't got to honor your parents. So, you know, Jesus says, here you've nullified God's word just for tradition. And then he quotes Isaiah and says, you know, your your lips honor me, but your your heart's far away. Hmm. So here we have, you know, the Pharisees, like they obviously there was there was a, a biblical grounding, like their question was substantive. They hmm. weren't just pulling this out of the hat. You know, there were Levitical laws about washing. I don't really know much about the traditions, but obviously their questions carried weight for the day in that Jewish culture. So let's take it back to the the Lauren Daigle situation. You know, most of, if I was sitting with a homosexual friend right now, and they said his homosexuality is sin, my first inclination would be to go, yep. (laughs) And not to say it, you know, crassly or coldly, but, well, yes, it is, but God still loves you. Something to that effect. And you can almost imagine the disciples, when Jesus is being asked this, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? You can imagine that maybe we might respond with something like, oh, oh, oh well, guess what? I got this great thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm bringing the Spirit and there's going to be freedom in the spirit, and, and not all these Levitical rules will be necessary, and these traditions, and, you know, there's just going to be freedom in Christ, freedom in me, <laughs> and it's going to be great. Hmm. But instead, Jesus doesn't even give them. Instead, he, he really takes it back to, like, look, we can't even have this discussion because right now you're you're not even wanting me. You're not wanting God. You're... Your heart's far away, and I'm gonna I'm gonna demonstrate to you an example of how this is so. And, and then he lets him have it with both barrels. He lets him have it with both barrels, yeah, absolutely. And if I could, not to make this a monologue, but I think one thing that's interesting is we see next he he calls the crowd to him and he says, "Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth doesn't defile them, but it's what comes out of their mouth that defiles them." So it's almost like, and I imagine that the Pharisees can hear all this, I think, my opinion. But it's almost like he gives the crowd the answer that uh, the Pharisees would have would have maybe liked. Which is interesting, because in the iHeartRadio discussion interview, you know, you've kind of got three parties. You've got the interviewer, you've got Lauren Daigle, and then you've got everyone listening to iHeartRadio, the, the crowd, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jesus turns and he gives this answer to the crowd. And then to even get one step more intimate, the disciples are like, hey, man, you made them really mad. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus is like, yeah, God will pull up by the roots, everyone who's, leave them, just leave them, they're blind guides. And then Peter says, explain the parable to us. And what does Jesus do? Well, he tells him the answer, but not before he asks a question. 
question. He says, are you still so dull? <laughs> so even Peter, good-hearted Peter, gets this question of like, really, Peter? But at least he's not calling that on his heart, but maybe how thick his head is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rather get Peter's. I'd rather get Peter's response than the Pharisees' response. Exactly. So then, then Peter and the gang, the disciples, get the full not only what the crowd got, but even one step deeper about, uh, you know, Jesus said what goes into the mouth comes out of the body, but it's the things from a person's mouth. Uh, the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. These defile men. So they get the full. The mm. full expose. Mm-hmm. To take this full circle, I, I wish I could, you know, give an easy answer for how should, how could Lauren Daigle, for any of us that are in that position, what could we say to be true, be as true as we can to the scripture and not compromise truth, but at the same time answer like Jesus would? I mean, if someone's asking a hard question like, is homosexuality wrong? I can almost imagine Jesus kind of taking it. It seems like he's always taking it back to the root of things. Like, I can almost imagine him saying something like, well, first of all, who decides what's wrong? Like, do you even believe, do we believe there's a God? Do we believe that there's a, you know, a being who's defining what is right and wrong. So even just ask, you know, turning the question back of like, I mean, yeah, I've, turning the question back and going back to almost a more important question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what we see with Jesus a lot is he goes, he goes back, you could say to the heart of the matter, or he goes back to the, I mean, sometimes he weighs even like, sometimes he just doesn't even answer. And then other times he, you know, he answers in a different way or he answers back to like, what's, what the, what's the real heart of what you're asking? Yeah. And he responded differently to different people at different times. And so like in one sense, there's no stock answer. Like, well, always when you get asked this question, what you always say is this, but you know, there was times when, when Jesus just didn't answer the question that was asked and there was a reason for that. And that's kind of what I think of. And I don't, I don't know, obviously I don't know Lauren Daigle and I, I didn't watch interview i don't know any of that and you know for her perspective because there's some ways you want to handle that like in one sense i think the interviewer is clearly trying to just hit a hot button item more controversy he can stir up the more it downloads he gets you know for him it's just business for lauren daigle there's a part of like it could be that she just chickened out and didn't want to be thought of as hateful could be that she's ignorant or it could be that she's wanting to not isolate like all these people that are LGBT that she's like intentionally been building relationships and friendships with, but it comes off in this way that what she winds up doing is she winds up making a bunch of people mad, which Jesus did sometimes. And, you know, like did it solve the problem to me? And this is obviously without having been under the gun and, you know, no pressure on it. For me, I think the answer might, the best answer might've been to not answer and just have told him that like, you know, what you're trying to do is stir up a lot of problems. You know, you're trying to stir up a hot issue. If you really want to know what I think about it, I'd be glad to sit over a cup of coffee with you and tell you. Or, you know, if Ellen wants to know what I think about it, I, you know, I'm happy happy to sit down and we can have a nice nice talk about it. But what you're trying to do is trying to cause friction. You know, and like basically calling him out 
what's his heart on the matter. That it, you know, because at the same time, you don't want to give a non-answer. You don't want to say something that's not true. But sometimes just not answering is a really good, a really good answer. Okay, I'm going to actually jump out of the interview for a minute. Dave and I have been trying really hard to, as we record these things, not edit stuff out uh, or add stuff in. But I'm going to switch that. And the reason is, is if you the part you just listened to, I was making some assumptions. You know, the focus of this podcast was answering questions like Jesus, and it was the background or the setting was the Lauren Daigle thing. And so I hadn't actually listened to it or really done much with it other than what I'd heard. And something came out, and I thought, you know, I should actually listen to it. I may have had the wrong perspective on it. And so I went back and listened to the interview. I'll put the link to the to the real interview in the comments. I don't know. It's the only interview I've ever heard this guy give. But it was not a—I didn't feel like it was like this harsh, like, oh, I'm trying to get you type of interview. He was really on her side some. Uh, he at least claims to be a Christian as well. And it wasn't—so it wasn't, it wasn't a, a hard one— he was talking some about like why she should have been on Ellen, which I agree with. It was definitely a great idea to go on Ellen. I don't have any problem with us interacting with the world. In fact, I think we should do that more. And then he came and he said, now, I always ask a couple of hard questions. And so you don't have to answer them if you don't want, but I'm going to ask you. And so then he asked her, do you think homosexuality is wrong? So the stuff I said before, I still hold that true had it been like what I'm going to call a hostile interview, I think that would have been a great response um, to say, well, why do you ask? But in this case, you know, he gave her an out. She said, I don't know if it's wrong. And, you know, I have to disagree with that. But the rest of her statement is really okay. And let's let's assume, you know, when I make mistakes, or I always hope people will assume the best of me and that if I said something stupid, it was just a mistake. So let's make some assumptions there that if we're assuming the best, that she really is doing this with a with a pure motive, that she does have a biblical understanding of homosexuality in this case. Maybe the better way she could have responded, because let's say if, if that's the case, she's just she's trying not to isolate all these people that she would like to continue a friendship with in order to perhaps share the gospel with them, the good news of Jesus. So maybe instead of, well, I don't know if it's wrong, she could just say, you know, that's a that's a great question, and it is a hard one. I'm actually not going to give you maybe the full concrete answer you want, but I would just really encourage people, we need to go into the Bible and look at that, and if that's something you struggle with, you know, let's go back and see what the Bible says and see about all the great promises God has for all of the sins that we struggle with, or however that, because she was... The latter part of answers is pointing people back to the Bible and encouraging them to research it. That's a great answer. So I'm going to jump back in the interview where we where we just left off, but I wanted to kind of correct that because I felt like I had misrepresented who the interviewer was, and I didn't want to be unfair to him in that case. And that's one of the great things about doing a podcast and not being on live radio or a live interview is that I can go back and edit things and uh, correct a few things. So jump back in where we were at. But sometimes just not answering is a really good, a really good answer. And yeah. so somehow, myself included, we often think that because we know something that's true, we're, we're obligated to say it. And I think one of the things we can learn from Jesus is there's a time to say it and a time not to. And one of the things, this isn't specifically questions, but one of the things that just still baffles me about Scripture is how many times Jesus told people, 
that recognized that he was a Christ, and they were like, and he was like, now don't tell anybody. I say, why in the world? I mean, that was true. But he told them, hey, don't tell anybody. Not right now. Yeah. You know, and that there's a time and a place for truth in a way that it needs to be shared in order to be received. What other scriptures have you thought about with this one that reference how Jesus dealt with questions? Another passage thinking about a hot button issue of the day, and I feel like this, this maybe carries the same kind of gunpowder charged level of emotion type question. Taxes to Caesar in Mark mm-hmm. eleven. Mm-hmm. Mark twelve. Some I of think. the Pharisees. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Mark twelve. And I'll so, say that yeah, because Mark... you told me that earlier. It's not because I knew that off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it says later they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. So teacher, you know, we know that you are a man of integrity and you aren't. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with truth. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? And Jesus, once again, he knows their hearts. And he says, you know, why are you trying to trap me? So he, he calls them out. You know, bring me the coin whose picture's on it. Like, well, Caesar's. You know, you can give Caesar what is his and God's what is his. I think what what stands out to me about this passage is one, I unless God gave me a spirit of discernment, I'm not sure that I could always call people out on their intentions the way Jesus did. So honestly, I'm not completely sure what I would do with that. But once again, we just see. I think one thing that stands out is the world is a bit more complex than the world is complex enough to merit more than the answer yes or no as being helpful. Mm. And there, there is absoluteness. You know, it's not like we live in a, a world without absolutes. We, we see that there is such a thing as absolute truth in God's word. But this, I think this is a case where Jesus was like, oh, saying yes or no really isn't that helpful. Let's get back what's really true and what really matters here. Hmm. And he, he gave him something to think about. I mean, you could chew on that for a while. Yeah, you could. And it, it got back down into the heart of like some things are gods. And, you know, we know from, ah, sometimes I'm so horrible at remembering where where things are in the scriptures. But there's another place where Jesus is warning about wealth, and and it says the Pharisees who loved money, you know, scoffed at what he said. My guess is it's in Luke somewhere in the middle, because that's where I've been studying recently. But I think that may have been hitting them on a couple of, a couple of different levels. Like in one sense, it's we missed our trap, but in another sense, it's like, hey, wait a minute, you're not even giving to God what's God's. You know what I mean? Like let's not let's not <laughs> let's not argue about this silly thing over here. Let's get down into your heart mm-hmm. and hit it. Where's that? Where's that passage at that uh, where they ask him a question and Jesus is like, "Well, I'll tell you what. I'll answer your question if you answer my question first. Mark eleven. Ah, there we go. Yeah, that was the one we had from Mark eleven. Oh yeah, the authority of Jesus' question. Yeah, so they arrive in G- in Jerusalem. Jesus is in the temple courts. And they, they come and ask him, you know, who gave you authority to do these things? 
And Jesus says, well, I'll ask you a question. If you answer me, I'll answer you. John's baptism, was it from heaven or was it from man? And of course, he stumps them because either way they answer on that, they're wrong. Somebody's going to be unhappy. I like that. He's like, and, and I'm not going to tell you. And it's kind of this, almost like, you don't, you don't actually even have the authority to question me. And I'm not going to answer because you do. It's kind of like when your kids want to ask you a question about something that's not none of their business. And it's like, uh, dad's, yeah. not gonna, dad's not going to answer that. doesn't matter. You're going to do it because I told you to. Yeah. I like the way where Jesus answers questions with questions. And I'll tell you two stories. One, and these are, these are secular stories. Yeah, sec- these, are not, uh, these are not from the Word of God, so you can weigh them for how it is. But I remember in real estate, Gary Keller would say, who was the guy that started Keller Williams, you know, people love to talk about real estate. Someone finds out you're a realtor. A lot of times you get the question, you know, how's the real estate market? And he said, he said, if you answer, if you tell them how the real estate market is, you deserve to lose every commission that you lose that way. Every commission, you know, like you deserve to lose them. He said, the only way to ever answer that question, how is the market, is to ask, well, why do you ask? Because the market, the market's the market, but how you might phrase it would be different if you're talking to an investor or if you're talking to a first-time home buyer or you're talking to a seller. You know, you could be, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it could be one of those times like, how's the market? Ah, it's horrible. It's low and blah, blah, blah. And you might be talking to a guy that has $5 million that he wants to invest in a low market, you know, and, and you just blew it because you didn't, you didn't answer the real question. What you answered was the surface question. And sometimes we get that and you know, if you're if you're Lauren Daigle and you get that question, you say, "Well, why do you ask?" Well, it gets back down more into the heart of the matter, and it's also, in that case, it's betraying some of the emotions or like some of their background or their motives behind there. Well, I think it makes a good story, or you know, like whatever whatever he says. Well, you know, Ellen's gay and you're Christian, and so yeah, but why are you asking? You know, is it because you really want to know what I think? Well, no, you don't really want to know what you think, you know, like, and, and the other great benefit of a question like that is it gives you a little bit of time to think, which reminds me of my second story, which is a Carl Madera story. He likes to answer when he gets some stumped question and he would, he would do things like he would be on like Al Jazeera TV and he would get, you know, crazy questions like, tell us why you think Israel is horrible and they should be wiped off the face of the earth. You know, it's like. Uh, how do you respond to that? And he, he said when he get those kind of questions, he would just say, you know, that reminds me of a story Jesus told. And then praying for inspiration for the Holy Spirit, and he would tell him some story of Jesus. And sometimes I think it, it would frustrate some of the people and stuff, but he's like, well, that's who I am. I, at, least, at least he lifted up Jesus. Now, they may not have liked it, but it lifted up Jesus and it didn't create some stink where either his Muslim friends tried to kill him or, you know, his American Christian friends, you know, all, all spit on him or whatever. But there's just, yeah. those are a couple of, of decent answers when you don't know what to say. Yeah. And I, I can't remember exactly what the source was, but there was another time that, to quote Carl Madeiras, he said something like people ask him these hot button questions and he go, well, I agree with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is, 
funny, like, on the homosexuality issue because, you know, I don't really see, I don't know of a place in the gospel where that's mentioned. So, I mean, yeah, you could say, well, does Jesus agree with all the places in the Old and New Testament where it is? Well, yeah, I I say he does, but, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the Gospels go, there was a lot of issues like guns, gun rights, and the Second Amendment. You know, <laughs> I agree with Jesus. Homosexuality, I agree with Jesus. Genetic coding, I agree with Jesus. And, mm-hmm. you know, should Israel have its own, should the Palestinians have their own state? I agree with Jesus. And, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and where does that turn? Yeah, I guess where does yeah go ahead. Where does it lead? You? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just I guess I bring that up simply to just to echo what you're saying that he he's always doing that, and it I'm sure he has greatly frustrated some people, but uh, you know, like Jesus, he he's not interested in just scratching the itch people have, but actually supplying truth and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or proving how have, smart and right I am. Yeah, yeah. I know my boss. I used to go to my boss for guidance on issues, and sometimes I would just want her to say, yeah, your plan's good. Go, go, go. And she would just dig and dig and ask all kinds of questions. And and it would frustrate me because it's like, look, I've already got my idea. I just need you to sign off on it so I can <laughs> run. And she would be like, well, have you considered this? well, have you considered this? And it, and it was helpful, but it was frustrating because I, it's like, I really don't care about your opinion. I just need, you're just a roadblock in my way. Just say yes so I can move on. Yeah. She probably made you a better engineer, didn't she? Well, yeah. Yeah. She's extremely intelligent and thoughtful. And so in that case, I'm kind of telling on myself as being the Pharisee or the the person who really doesn't want the the full story. They just have a a goal they're trying to achieve. So Mm -hmm. kind of maybe been on both sides of that. Yeah, I think we all have. But isn't that what we're doing a lot of times? Sometimes when we give these trite answers or these cliche answers, or even an answer that's true, but we do it in a a spirit of not love. I think about like abortion. Is abortion wrong? Yeah, absolutely. But we can't just say abortion's wrong and then wipe our hands of it as though we've done our duty. Like we've also got to be willing to go beside the lady who's single mom, pregnant, maybe living a horrible lifestyle, and say, you know what, I I would help you raise your kid. You know, I I would give you a place if you if you would if you would keep the kid, I would help you. Or if you would keep the kid, our church would help you. We'd make sure you had a roof over your head. You know, like. I'm not going to get into all greats of specifics, but like sometimes the the truthful answer that's hard, we use that as a shield to shield us from the obligation to love someone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then there's other times where where we do need to give the truthful answer, even when it's hard or even when it's uncomfortable. I think I heard an interview yeah. with Rick Warren one time and he was talking about, cause he gets on TV and he gets asked all the hot button issues, you know, and he said, there's times where it's like, I know what the answer that everyone would like me to say, you know, I'm not stupid <laughs> and I would like to be like, you know, but there's times where like, I have to say, I have to say what is, what is true. And he, and I think he, from my limited experience, he does a very good job of tempering it with love and grace. And so 
but still saying the truth. And, and that's a challenge. And I think, you know, for most of us, probably thankfully, we don't have the stage and the spotlight the way Rick Warren or Lauren Daigle does. And so if I get asked the question and really stick my foot in my mouth, you know, there's a few people that know it. You know, the person I was talking to knows it. Maybe all the people they told it to. Maybe all the people I tell it to that told what a horrible job I did. Maybe if it got caught on yeah. social media some more or something. But in general, my I don't lose as much, you know. But if you are big and you are on stage or you do have a bigger audience, you know, you need to you need to do a lot of thinking and do some thinking ahead of time. What's the best way I could handle this? Because here's some lo- logical logical questions that are going to come up and do that with a lot of prayer. And yeah, in all things, I think relying on the Holy Spirit and saying, "All right, God, what?" What would you like me to say? Because there's some things that just don't have good, easy answers. And there's things like you alluded to earlier, like the Second Amendment. They're just not in Scripture. I have a, yeah. I have a very personal opinion on this, you know, maybe a very strong one. But let me, you know, it might be better to, to go with the, well, I agree with Jesus on that one, rather than, rather than misrepresent Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, you can almost hear that play out like, you're you're saying Jesus has an opinion on the Second Amendment, God? Well, of course he does. What is it? I don't know. Let's go find out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it turns it it turns the discussion from the Second Amendment to Jesus. Well, what do you what do you think Jesus would think about it? You know, and the, and it, let's say they're against it or for it, whatever. You know, well, I think Jesus would because he's kind and loving to people. Well, maybe that's a really good quality. I definitely agree with that. Again, I think just not falling into the traps. Yeah. I don't know that I was ever really good at it, but one of the other sales things they always talked about was like, don't answer, don't answer the question that they give you. Answer the question that they're really asking or keep digging Mm -hmm. until you get to the question they're really asking. They were always saying like, you don't want it. You don't want to be, after they leave, they're going to, after you leave them, they're going to talk to each other about what they really thought. And what you really want is to be a part of that conversation, you know? And I remember one time we were overseas and we we were, looking for a new office. We knew we were going to move it. Jill had found this lead on a on an office in a hotel that looked like it'd be pretty nice. It was a great location. And so we got up there, saw the place. It looked beautiful. You know, in their language, they do the numbers a little differently. Instead of like 1,000, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000, they count at, at 10,000, they start counting by 10,000. So it's like one 10,000 or three 10,000. And so they told me the price and it was higher than I wanted. It was, it was five 10,000s. But I thought, you know, for this, this office is nice enough. I think it, it would pay for itself. And then they said something else and I realized, no, 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 they didn't say five 10,000s. They said 50 10,000s. Like this is going to be 500,000. And I was like, you don't want to just immediately completely lose face and be like, uh, that's way out of my, I'm gone, you know, <laughs> but that's what we're yeah. both thinking. So what we said, it was like, well, we'll think about it. And if we're interested, we'll, if we decide we want it, we'll let you know, you know, and as yeah. soon as we left out the doors out of the hotel, I was like, well, that was crazy. You know, the salesman probably figured that out anyway, but mm. should have been better if she could have figured that out on the front end and been a part of that conversation. And that one was, that was so far out of our, our range that we couldn't, couldn't even begin to, couldn't even begin to swing that one. But 
if it had been close and we left saying that and she might, maybe there would have been some other options. Well, we could let you pay in three month terms instead of a full year, you know, like be a part of it. And now that you've had some sales training for tonight, I say all that just to say, knowing what someone's really answering and getting down into the heart of the matter. And sometimes another question helps with that. Always the guidance of the Holy Spirit and and trying to ask Jesus, what are you doing in these people's lives? Or what are you doing in this? What, how would you like me to answer? There's a great promise in Mark 13. And it's actually a promise for when you're uh, brought in front of, you know, authorities or governments or any of those things. And it's in, uh, yeah, starting in verse 9, it says, You must be on your guard. You'll be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you'll stand before governors and kings as witness to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Now, this is a key verse. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. And, you know, if you read the story of Stephen in Acts, it talks about they couldn't refute the spirit by which he spoke, you know, and like, if the Holy Spirit's working on our behalf and we're speaking what he wants to speak, we're in really, really great shape. Yeah. When we drift off into our own wisdom, you know, we should be careful. Yeah. Well, Dave, I'm yeah, glad you brought this I'm glad you brought this topic up. You wanna add anything else before we wrap it up? You know, the last thing that comes to mind and, and obviously we don't see this from Jesus because he, he never was in a place where he had to say, I don't know. I guess that's what Lauren Daigle did, but Sometimes I think, too, maybe there's not any shame in being like, you know, that's a really good question. And I have an opinion, but I want to be helpful, and I want to—I really want to continue this discussion with you. Let me think on that, mm. and I, let me make sure that I'm answering you from what I really see as God's heart and not just the popular Christian answer. So mm-hmm. yeah. finding a way that, you know, doesn't betray the truth or compromise it. Just, you know, I don't have all the answers, and maybe there's a way to do that well too, uh, without without compromising. One way I hope that we're like Lauren Daigle, almost called her Lion Lion Daigle. <laughs> One way I hope that we're like her is I, I really admire her for being on the Ellen Show. Mm-hmm. You know, our Savior was hanging out with the people that religious Jewish society had shunned. And that's one way I hope that we can be like her, is to be in those environments. But then when we're there, to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. So let's not fall into the trap of staying in our holy huddle Mm -hmm. and staying away from those kind of questions and the people who might ask those questions. But let's also seek to be faithful in those moments. I agree. Well, we really appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. We hope this has been an encouragement to you. We hope you're able to answer questions better, answer more like Jesus as you go forward. We'd appreciate it. If you enjoy this, uh, share it with a friend. Give us a shout out on Facebook. We always appreciate it when it happens. And hopefully, with all things, we can build up the body of Christ and move towards more intentional disciple-making. And as a pure added bonus, another great thing to do in disciple-making is, 
ask the person you're discipling questions. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's all I have. We will see you guys later. 